Hello, and welcome to the High Street Community Church Podcast. We're so excited you're learning alongside us, and we pray this message leads you closer to the Lord and others. High Street Community Church is simply a family of friends following Jesus. God bless you as you listen. So we're talking about the most important question, the most important commandment. Um, remember that, that um, leader came to Jesus and said, what's the most important thing? How do I get eternal life? And the answer was, well, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and all your mind. And we're taking each one of those words one week at a time, and it really starts with you know, the decision, the command center, your heart your passions, where things kind of are resolved, where you decide these things, and then it expands to your body. We talked about that last week, and it's what you can do, and then today we're going to even expand even bigger, so we're kind of starting here, getting bigger and bigger, and that's even a picture of how God shapes us, is that he wants to grow us, cultivate us, blossom us into who he's created and made us to be, whereas the world wants to press us into a mold, right? Squish us down, and so remember, we're trying to experience this blossoming even if it involves pruning, right? God does that as, as he, he um, helps us grow and become who he's called us to be. There's pruning and there's, but it's an expansive thing. So that's going along with this picture of love God with your heart, your soul, your strength. And today we're talking about strength. And I'd love for us to look at, the, uh, look at your bulletins. Dave pulls these pictures out and we talk about the sermon message and there's always either a subtle or an overt picture of what we're talking about. So love God with all your strength. You see that picture of what? It's a giant boulder. Someone is, yeah, there you go. Um, Trying to push that boulder uphill, you know, it's a picture. And and I I see that and I, I, um, you ever desire to do something, you just feel like you can't, right? Especially if it's something that's really important to your heart. I I had a class in chemistry. I was a junior in in college. I was a biology major, and I could not pass general chemistry. Couldn't pass it. Took it a couple. I got an F minus one time. (laughs) I have a doctorate. I'm not stupid. (laughs) Couldn't pass it. And I just felt like, how am I going to get a degree in biology if you can't pass general chemistry? Or maybe you have a family member, or you have a terminal illness, or maybe you have bills that you cannot see how they can get paid. Or there's broken relationships in your life. Or you have maybe a heart for the poor, or you really want to see us clean up the environment, or you just want to see justice, and it just seems impossible. It seems like you look at that bulletin, you're like, I got a boulder like that in my life right now. What are you going to do? Where are you going to turn? Well, today's message goes right along with that. We're to love God with all our strength. What if you don't have any strength? Let's pray. I know the right thing to do. I don't always do it, but the right thing to do when I feel like I don't have strength or when I'm called to do something or I'm in the middle of something beyond what I can do. Lord, you invite us to live life in your terms. You tell us to love you with everything, everything we have and everything we are. So we come to you now and ask you to help us as we look at loving you with all of our strength. Help especially those people in here, in this room that are just feeling like they've got a gigantic boulder pressing down on them and they just don't have the strength. 
pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. If you're one of those people that's feeling like, oh, I got this boulder and I'm pressing down, you know, we always do this. There's folks up here after the service, I'm one of those people. We'd love to pray with you. Sometimes you just like, I don't even have the words to pray. Come up here and let someone come alongside. Remember, soon Auntie Lombano, they're coming alongside, lift you up in prayer. That's what we love doing after the service. We'll do that anytime, but specifically after the service. Uh, come up here and, and someone would love to pray for you. Or just ask someone around you. Our church is full of people that love to pray and would love to pray for whatever you'd want us to pray for. So loving God with all your strength. As you've kind of seen a pattern in some of these videos, these Bible project videos, they clarify what the word is. And loving God with all your strength is more than just your power or your effort. There's a lot more to it. And so I'm going to go ahead and ask them to now play the video. For thousands of years, every morning and evening, Jewish people have prayed these well-known words as a way of expressing their devotion to God. They're called the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. We're going to look at the last word, strength. The Hebrew word is ma'od, and it occurs some 300 times in the scriptures, and it doesn't actually mean strength. There is a perfectly good word for strength in Hebrew, and ma'od is not it. In fact, the Shema is one of the only places in the whole Bible where ma'od is translated as strength. So what's up with that? The most common meaning of ma'od is very or much. It's what grammar nerds call an adverb, a word that comes alongside other words to augment their meaning. For example, in Genesis chapter 1, God looks at the world that he's made and six times he calls it good. But then the climactic seventh time, he says, it is ma'od good, that is, very good. Later in Genesis, in the story of Noah, the flood waters keep rising and they become ma'od powerful, or extremely powerful over the land. In the story of Cain and Abel, Cain wasn't just angry at his brother, he was ma'od angry. Or when Saul became the king of Israel, he was ma'od happy. So you can see why ma'od occurs hundreds of times in the Bible. It's a really common Hebrew word that intensifies the meaning of other words. Very this, or really that. However, biblical authors could use ma'od in ways that are unique. Like when they want to increase a word's force to total capacity, they'll say ma'od twice. So Jacob became ma'od ma'od wealthy with flocks and camels and donkeys and servants. Or the Israelite spies went to investigate the promised land and they say, the land we pass through is ma'od ma'od good. So it's pretty clear, ma'od doesn't mean strength in terms of muscle power, but rather very or much. So let's come back to the Shema, where people are called to love God with all of their heart, that is their will and affections, and with all of their soul, that is their whole life and physical being, and with all of their ma'od, that is with all of their muchness. And while that sounds kind of funny, you also kind of get it. If ma'od can intensify any word's meaning to total capacity, then this final thing that you use to love God isn't a thing at all. It's actually everything. Loving God with your ma'od means devoting every possibility, opportunity, and capacity that you have to honoring God and loving your neighbor as yourself. It's the most wide and expansive word in the Shema. Ma'od can refer to almost anything. Which raises one last and really fascinating point. Because this word was capable of many nuances of meaning, ancient Jewish communities interpreted ma'od in the Shema in different ways. 
So the ancient Jewish scholars who translated the Hebrew Bible into Greek, when they came to Ma'od in the Shema, they translated it with the Greek word dunamis, that is power or strength. This is the interpretation adopted by most modern translations. But if you look at the ancient Aramaic translations of the Hebrew Bible, you'll discover that these scholars interpreted Ma'od to mean wealth. Money is a concrete thing that opens up all kinds of opportunities to love God by giving away resources. And when Jesus was asked about the most important command in scripture, he quoted the Shema. And he used two words to unpack the meaning of Ma'od. He said, love God with all of your mind and with all of your power. Both are human capacities that can be used to love God in an infinite number of ways. So which of these interpretations of Ma'od is right? Does it mean strength or wealth or mind? That's the wrong question. The word Ma'od doesn't limit the number of ways you can show love for God, just the opposite. The point is that everything in a person's life, every moment and every opportunity, every ability and capacity offers a chance to love and honor the one who made you. It's a call to love God with all of your muchness. And that's the meaning of strength in the Shema. Love God with all your muchness. It's not limited, it's, ex it's expansive. So the question is, um, what do you have? We look at a couple of scripture passages and, um, you know, the widow, she gave just a couple pennies. That's all she had. She gave everything. Or another story we'll look at a little bit deeper is the um, feeding of the 5,000. They were out there in the desolate place and they, you know, get, getting late and they're like, well, what are we going to feed them? We don't have any food. Where would you go buy food? We can't, there's no store that has enough food. And then Andrew says, well, this little boy here, he's got a, you know, five barley loaves and a couple of fish. We could, we could feed him feed with that, you know, but that won't cover everybody. And Jesus says, everybody sit down, and then he does his miracles and feeds everybody. So we want to look at our muchness, do an accounting. Um, especially if you feel weak, you say, I don't have strength. I don't have muchness. So I'm, you know, I will limit it by, we're going to look at uh, five different scripture passages but there's even more. You know, the video gave a good job of helping us understand. I'll go through these five things, which are pretty expansive, but there might be even more that you could devote to God, to sacrifice to God, to give to God, to, to hold open-handedly for, for God. So the first one is found in Philippians 4.13, very popular, well-known passage. Is, um, the first thing you do is devote yourself to God. Devote yourself um, and I would recommend devoting yourself to God with Jesus. So Philippians 4.13, I'll actually read a couple verses before it. He writes, Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any real circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And then the verse is, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So where does the strength come from? I can do all th things through Christ who strengthens me. So we get our strength from Christ. If you're devoted yourself, you know, if you're going to devote yourself, you don't do it by yourself. In fact, that's the positive way to say it. Say, I can do anything through Christ's strength. Okay? The negative way to say it, Jesus says, apart from me, you can't do anything. 
So keep that in mind. Like, I want to devote my whole self to God. Well, you do it with Christ. You don't do it completely on your own because on your own you can't do anything. And so if God is calling you to push even a boulder up a hill, that gigantic boulder we see in our bullets, and if he's calling you into some situation in life, he can do it. God says he can move mountains, right? Okay, so that's where we start. Devote yourself to God with Jesus. The second one is devote, and this one might catch you off guard a little bit, but devote your experiences to God. Good ones and bad ones. Devote your experiences. Philippians um, um, 3, 7, and 8, he writes, But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything, good and bad, as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Give God your ups and your downs. Oftentimes we have experiences in life, especially stuff we're ashamed of, whether things that happen to us are just bad choices that we've made, and we want to push them aside. We ask for forgiveness, but we just want to get rid of them. And we don't, we don't think about giving them to God for God to use. We think, okay, God, I'm talented in this, or I know a lot about this, or I have these resources. And you think about serving God that way. But a lot of times, especially, realize this, this is God's economy. Some of the best ministry you'll ever do will be out of your pain. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, it says, <clears throat> in this kind of a paraphrase, God comforts us in our affliction so we can comfort others. Who's the best person to come by someone that's hurting in the same way that you heard it before? It's you. Oh, I've been through that. You don't have to say, I know exactly what you're feeling. In fact, you don't have to say much of anything. You can just sit with somebody because you know the pain that they're going in. You know the struggle that they're going in. And you can sit with them because you have been comforted by God and you can share that comfort. <clears throat> See, we have, we have pains in our life, whether they're mistakes that we've made or things that have happened to us. And if we're willing to, listen to this, Give everything. So you think the message is about giving God our, our strengths and our abilities and the, the great things we have, but he says, give, us, give me your pain. See, that's what makes God God, is he can take something even broken and wrong and off, repair it, and use it for his glory. But he's not going to just do it apart from you giving it to him. Somehow God invites us to participate. So if something's coming to mind right now, oh, I've got this liability, I've got this painful relationship, or I've got this, this um, painful memory, whatever. I don't know how God would use it. In fact, I would encourage you to wait and see how God would call you to use it, but watch God work. I know he's done that in my life, and I know he's done it in a ton of your lives because we've seen it a ton in our church, but just that's one of the things when we think about giving God our all, give him the garbage too, the rubbish and watch him do some recycling. Devote your relationships to God. This one's also stated in the negative, and it's actually it's pretty harsh. I'm glad Jesus says this because it's hard to hear this. It's Luke, um, Luke 14, 26. All these great crowds were accompanying him, and he turned to them and he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he can't be my disciple. So Jesus is all about hate. 
I know, is that on the recording? So harsh. He says, even hate yourself. He's using a comparison because he knows the best thing you can do is love God. Don't don't let anything compete with loving God. And he uses strong language to say, hate even your parents, who people are like, I, you, you call us to love and honor our parents. Honor your father and mother. It's a commandment. He's not disagreeing with that in a sense. He's saying, love me with everything. Hate even your own life. In other words, sacrifice. Give those things up. Push them away. Give them to me. In fact, the best way you can love somebody is to love God first. I, I, I was in a... Um, a class in seminary, and I remember the professor said, hey, you know, want to know the best way that you can show your kids you love them? And I'm thinking like, take them to a baseball game, you know, tell them how great they are. He says, love your spouse. They'll get great security from that. They care a ton if you, if you love your spouse. And I thought, and you know, he explained it further, a little bit more theologically and, and practically, and, and and I've really tested that on my mind. It's a, it's a similar kind of thing. You want to love somebody, love God way more. That's how you love them. So Jesus is telling us, love God with all your muchness. One of the resources we have is relationships. Give that over to God. Hold your relationships with an open hand. Devote your resources to God. Devote your resources. Matthew, I read, I read this, uh, I think it was last week. <clears throat> I'll read it again. No one can serve two masters. For he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't serve God and money. Talk about a fork in the road. Can't I just kind of do both? Jesus is saying, no, you can't. And I, I, you can see this behaviorally. You start to be devoted to one, and then consequently you despise the other. He didn't even say which one. He just put it in. It'll play out that way. You can't serve two masters. And the masters he talks about here are God and money. Where do you put your security? It's easy and tempting to put our security in our resources, our monies, our assets. Um, where do you figure that provision comes from? Does it come from, I mean, the world tells us this. We think this. Money's concrete. I can see it. I don't have a lot, but, but when I do... I'm looking at, this is what's going to take care of me. No, God takes care of you. God gives you these things. Hold them open-handed. It's ultimately an idol. Not just money, but any resources. It's an idol. It's like, am I looking to this thing, this person, this experience to take care of me? Then you're putting that thing, that experience, that resource in God's place. Only God can sit in that seat. God's the one who takes care of us. So devote the resources which are infinitely smaller than God, devote them to God. Probably the most um, focused verse on what we're talking about this morning is found in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3. This is a good one. It's talking about just devoting your all to God. And the context is, is, um, is that, you know, Paul's writing this church saying, hey, don't deceive yourself. Some people think they're wise, and their wisdom is foolishness compared to what God's showing us. Uh, he says, God catches the wise in their craftiness. And, and again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they're futile. Listen to this. So let no one boast in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos, Cephas or the world or life or death 
or the present or the future, all are yours. And you are Christ's, and Christ is God's. So everything, whether it's your past, your present, future, life or death, God owns all of this stuff. So devote all of that. All of your muchness, your maod. Are we getting this? How much does God want? What does he call for? All of it, everything. Starts in your heart to make a decision. You start living it out. And he says, every connection you have, every influence, every asset, every experience, every relationship, give it all to God. That's the call. I've been, I'll tell you, I'll be transparent. I've been wrestling with this week. I come up very short on this. I'm like, this is too much. I can't do this. I see more where I'm messing up than more where I'm doing it right. It's just a struggle. So I look back at the story of the of loaves and the fishes, and we see this boy. I let my imagination run a little bit. So he packed this lunch. Of all these people, he's the only one that packed a lunch. Give him a hand, right? He's he's carrying this lunch, and I can't I can't remember. I think it was like was it getting dark or something? So he skipped lunchtime because he's paying attention, and he's and he's hungry, right? And he's carried this thing. And he's going to eat this lunch that he's looked forward to. I know whenever I pack a lunch, I'm like looking forward to it. I thought about when I made it. I thought about when I carried it. And then I'm ready to eat it when it's time to eat. There's something cool about like a sack lunch. And then they're looking around like, hey, we got anything here? And (laughs) I know what I would have done. No, we got nothing here. (laughs) I'm hungry. Isn't that what we do with our lives? When God's calling, hey, when there's a time, hey, what do we have here? We're doing an inspection. What resources do we have? Do we stick it behind our back? Or do we go like, well, it may sound ridiculous, maybe silly, but I, I got a, you know, five little loaves and a couple fish. And of course, the disciples are like, well, what's that going to do? But when we give the Lord what little bit we have, what happened? Multiplied it, and it even a, a, a portion in there says something like, um, and they all ate as much as they wanted. I'm going to gamble this kid ate 12 fish and 15 loaves, right? He ate more than he brought. That sounds impossible. But when God calls us to give whatever we have, not only did he get to eat much more than he brought, everybody else did too because he didn't hide it. He's like, I brought my lunch. That was a sacrifice. He didn't know that he was going to get anything. He probably just gave it up like, well, I'll just be hungry like the rest of these people that didn't bring any lunch. <laughs> That's our picture. When God asks you to give something, remember first place that it's his, and he calls us to be all in, because God knows what's best for us. So the call this morning, and we'll do this in our small groups, and I just encourage you, all of us, to do this, is take an accounting. What do you have? Especially when there's a need, when God's putting on your heart a problem, when there's a boulder bearing down upon you, what do I have? You're going to think about your resources. You're going to think about your relationships. First, you're going to, like I did at the start of the sermon, you're going to pray like, Lord, I can't do anything apart from you. That's what you're going to think. That's what your accounting is going to show. And be excited to give it. Don't hide it. The last verse I'll read, this is really powerful. It's in John 6. John 6. 
and um, Jesus is, uh, is right after he fed the 5,000 and and they're talking about, well, we, you got bread. They were talking about Moses, how they had manna in the desert, and that's where our bread comes from. And Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it, wasn't Mo- it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. So they're like, oh, Moses gave us bread. He's like, no, Moses didn't give you anything. It was from God. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. So the crowd is like, we want this bread. And Jesus says to them this. Listen to us. This is our conclusion of this morning, especially when you're afraid to give your resources up. This is what the little boy had to hear. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. That's Jesus saying a very promise. We can hold Jesus to his words. He says, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. You don't have to worry about giving up your food. You're not going to be hungry. You're going to get way more bread and fish than you sacrificed. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. You're not thirst. And he's not even necessarily talking about physical things. He's talking about life full. God is, I'm with you. I will take care of you. You don't need to worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. Jesus says this many times. You don't have to worry about that stuff. The encouragement, don't be afraid, be open-handed. Love God with all your mayod. Let's pray. Father, as I mentioned, I wrestle this week. I'm also really grateful that you choose to involve us in your kingdom. Forgive us as we are afraid and we hide. We love your plans. We love your way of life. Thank you for the adventures you've let us be on. Thank you for the resources you've given us and the relationships and the experiences. Thank you most of all for Jesus Christ. We are not alone. You are with us. And we choose to live open-handed with you and love you with everything. Amen. Thank you for listening to the High Street Community Church weekly message. We hope you were encouraged to follow Jesus. For more, please subscribe to our podcast or visit us online at hscchurch.org.